fished alone in a skiff in the Gulf Stream, and he had gone 84 days now without taking a fish. In the first 40 days, a boy had been with him. But after 40 days without a fish, the boy's parents had told him that the old man was now definitely and finally Salio, which is the worst form of unlucky, and the boy had gone at their orders in another boat, which caught three good fish in the first week. It made the boy sad to see the old man come in each day with his skift empty, and he always went down to help him carry either the coiled lines or the gaff and the harpoon and the sail that was furled around the mast. The sail was patched with flower sacks, and furled, it looked like the flag of permanent defeat. Greetings to you all from the lighthouse. This is Isabel Savitsky calling in from the Czech Republic. I'm Gabe Meyer from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Aiden DeGroat from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Today... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what you just heard was the first paragraph of Ernest Hemingway's novella, The Old Man in the Sea. Yeah, so uh, in a much uh, less beautiful rendition of the uh, the entire book, basically, uh, there's there's this old guy, like like you heard from the first paragraph, he, he has this boy that fishes with him, now he doesn't fish with him anymore, and that's a bummer. And, uh, so he, he really, he really loves this kid. And, um, so he, but he has to fish without him now. And so he, he goes out and he goes fishing and, uh, he, long story short, uh, there's this really ginormous fish bigger than he's ever caught before. It's really hard to catch, especially because he's old. He doesn't have any help. Um, and he, but he ends up, uh, like wrangling it and he, he catches this fish and he's, he's kind of taking it home after like a long day of like really trying to get this fish. Um, and, uh, uh, there's these bunch of sharks that keep trying to eat the fish and he keeps like wailing on them with like a harpoon and the harpoon gets lost and he like duct tapes like a knife to his oar and then like stabs at him and then he just like beats at him with the oar and eventually the sharks end up eating the big fish that he spent all day trying to capture um leaving basically just this skeleton and then he goes back to land and then he meets with the boy and uh basically uh proves to his parents that he's the, the boy's parents that he's not that unlucky and now the boy can fish with him again and then um yeah that's 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 the end that, that's it um i will say right off the bat that i don't really get it <laughs> and i don't think aiden does either which is why we have isabel on the show to explain a little bit more about this story and why 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 it's so significant well it starts in the first paragraph. We get what every author bases his book on, a problem. The, boy, the man has gone 84 days without a fish, and he is a fisherman, which makes this a problem. What do fishermen do? They catch fish. And here's a clue. The flag looked like a... The, the, the sail looked like a flag of permanent defeat. Oh, aha, defeat. But now listen to the next paragraph. It's describing how the old man looks. Everything about him was old except his eyes, and they were the same color as the sea, and they were cheerful and undefeated. Defeat again. That's in the, first, that's in the second paragraph. Wow. All right. Defeat. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So... 
what does the man do? He goes and he will not be defeated. He goes out to sea further than he has gone before. Well, exactly, you know, then what is this fish, do you think? The man, the man goes out to sea to catch fish. Mm-hmm. And oh. the, the, I beg your pardon, Aiden? Um, I, I just, I suddenly got the whole lot of meaning out of this book. You made it all of a sudden seem to make sense, especially keeping in mind that um, Hemingway, like, served in World War One and all of that. I mean, there's a level where even victory doesn't actually turn out barely as, well, happy as you might want. Right, right, right. So, so exactly what happens in this story. He, he goes out to sea, and he's alone. Mm. And he catches, he hooks a fish, and the fish starts towing him in his boat. The fish is strong and strange, and it tows him out to sea. It tows him out further than he's ever been out to sea. And the sun sets, and the sun rises, and the sun sets, and the sun rises. And three days after he hooks the fish, he kills the fish. And he pulls it next to his boat, and he sails home with the fish. And the fish is bigger than the skiff. He can't (laughs) eat... The the, the fish is physically longer than the skiff. And what does... there's There's a certain point in the book where he says, is it me bringing the fish in or is the fish bringing me in? I don't know anymore because we're just basically (laughs) sailing side by side in home. And then what happens? The sharks come and they they start eating the fish until it's completely gone. No meat left on it at all. And that's when he starts breaking. Nothing breaks him. The fish cannot break him. See here let's let's read a few passages here. Um let's see here is one. 52 page 52. Wait, page 52. Yes. Mhm mhm. There's only Fish, like 30 something. Yes. Page huh. Well, here it's um I'll read it for you then. Fish, he said softly aloud, I'll stay with you till I am dead. He'll stay with me too, I suppose, the old man thought, as he waited for it to be light. So, they're locked in death, in, in this deadly combat, the man and the fish. Mm-hmm. And, interestingly, if you think about the relationship that the old man has with the fish, what exactly even is this fish? What is this fish that he has to, to, to get this fish? It's more than a fish to this man. It's more than a fish. Listen to this quote. There are three things that are brothers. The fish in my two hands. Or this one. Fish, he said, I love you and I respect you very much, but I will kill you dead before this day ends. Huh. He says again and again that the fish is his brother. That's clearly not just it's 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 about more than the fish, do you see? Yeah. It's not just yeah. it's not just that this man wants to kill a fish to to get money. 
He right. he he has a deeper purpose for for catching this fish. Listen to this this other quote. Um, if I can bother, bother. Oh, and here we go. The thousand. Um, I'll kill him, though he said, in all his greatness and his glory. Although it is unjust, he thought, but I will show him what a man can do and what a man endures. I told the boy that I was a strange old man, he said. Now is when I must prove it. A thousand times that he had proved it, the thousand times that he had proved it meant nothing. Now he was proving it again. Each time he, each time was a new time. And he never thought the, about the past when he was doing it. So huh. he's proving himself as he's catching the fish. He's proving that he can succeed. It's, 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 a, it's victory, you see. Catching the fish is victory. And it's so, interesting. Yes? So could you could you almost could you almost make this into a sort of an allegory? Indeed, like it not, is an allegory. Yeah, so it is an allegory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it it's is, yeah. not the fish. Right. Interesting. It's, a, it's an allegory of human success, human life. What does it mean to what what is the nature of of victory, of success? What does it cost? What right. is it ultimately about? Because does he bring the fish in? No. But so he so he has this love for the fish. He has this love for the fish. And he interesting. Strange. Here 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 is a passage. Um He's, he tells the boy that he is a strange old man. Mm-hmm. Um, my index, my notes, 48. Then he began to fitty, pity the great fish that he had hooked. He is wonderful and strange, and who knows how old he is, he thought. Never I have seen have I seen such a strong fish, nor one who acted so strangely. So... The old man is old and strange, and the fish is also old and strange. And the fish and the man are brothers. So, we're getting somewhere, we're getting somewhere. But now, here's the, p- the passage that really unlocked the meaning of this story for me, and, and really kind of proved it to me from the text, that this is, a, is an allegory for, for defeat and, and victory. Bother, bother. Seventy-five. I am... The fish is my friend, too, he said aloud. I have never seen or heard of such a fish, but I must kill him. I'm glad we do not have to try to kill the stars. Imagine if each day a man must try to kill the moon, he thought. The moon runs away. But imagine if a man each day should have to try to kill the sun. We were born lucky, he thought. It is good that we do not have to try to kill the sun or the moon or the stars. It is enough to live on the sea and kill our true brothers. Okay. So, the life is not about reaching for the stars. It's huh. about proving something to ourselves. Proving to the fish what a man can endure. You know, you see? Yeah, is there a level where... <laughs> this is my favorite book now. 
<laughs> you can see I've, I've read it more than ten times. Wow. Holy cow. Is there a level where this is like an analogy to like what happened during like World War One? I? I mean, there was this big war, and you, the Germans fought everybody else, um, and everyone was fighting, but there really wasn't any point except to prove that you could do it. Right. And you won't give up. And so all these people who were fighting for reasons that really, well, the individual warrior didn't have a point. It was, you'd go and you'd do it. And whatever point you thought there was, by the end of the war, I mean, it was destroyed afterwards. I mean, Germany was left in ruins, and mm -hmm. nobody else turned out good either. And then we had World War II, like, a generation later. Yeah, people still having to prove it, even though, even even the right like like he like he said you said in that quote like even though having proved it thousands of times before. Right. I like your remark, and I th I definitely agree with you about your. I I but I don't know if that we could support it from the text because this guy is not trying to. He's saying that this is what it is to be a fisherman. This is what it is to be a man. This is what it is to be a person, to, to prove. I'm not sure if, it, if we can. Well, but perhaps think about... in the war uh, affected how he wrote about overcoming challenges. Okay, right, because, I see. I, take I mean, like the, yes. the German soldiers and the non-German soldiers, they're all humans. We're all brothers. They're it's a conflict between two people who the difference between the two people isn't large. It's two people shooting at each other and both sitting and trying to see who can last longer. And in the end, you win, and we won the war, but then the sharks came and destroyed everything that we won, and we really came back from the war having gained hardly anything at all. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think this story would resonate with people as much nowadays as it probably did back when it was written. We like more of a heroic story where the hero comes back and actually has accomplished something. I mean, the fact that he comes back and the sharks ate his entire fish, well, it's like my read through. I was just kind of like, okay, so this is boring. The guy went out and he did something cool and awesome. He took down this big fish and they brought nothing home. I mean... It's the story of a fisherman who worked really hard for nothing. Huh. Well, well, we're, yes. well it's, it, it's, sorry, I was just kind of making a side comment that, like, you know, while, while we're talking about World War One, maybe we should read All Quiet on the Western Front at some point. That's a, <laughs> That's a pretty good suggestion. There's a missing piece to, to this, and I think it is... The strange, deep love that this man has for this fish. It's... The fish is... It's killing the fish isn't really wrong. There's no moral moral judgment. Like, the, the whole tragedy is that the sharks ate the fish. Right. And ruined something beautiful and noble, which should have been put to good use, you know, to feed these people. It's killing the fish didn't ruin the fish, the sharks who, who, who took the fish ruined the fish and broke the old man's heart. And I mean, this is this part of the story. And this beautiful literary device just kills me. Because when the last, fit, the last shark 
and eight when 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 the the well first of all here's the when the fish had been hit by the first shark it was as though he himself were hit and and then then he's that that you know he he just the the shark took his fist and ruined his fish and then he says but man is not made for defeat a man can be destroyed but not defeated he says a, a little bit ago a little bit later and um so the last shark has just eaten the fish and there is there is no more left oh come along pond looking for my quotation 118. The old man could hardly breathe now, and he felt a strange taste in his mouth. It was coppery and sweet, and he was afraid of it for a moment, but there was not much of it. He spat it into the ocean and said, Eat that, Jalanos, and make a dream you've killed a man. And then later, and then later... He tells the boy, they beat me, Manolin. They truly beat me. Um, in the night, I spat something strange and felt something in my chest was broken. So his heart breaks the instant the last of the meat is gone. Right. Right. So, it, you know, um, and then earlier in the story, he had said he pitied the turtles because... The turtles' hearts continue to beat after they're chopped up. After the turtles are, are, are butchered. And he says, I have such a heart. So his heart keeps to keeps beating, but it's, you know, he's already dead inside. You see? Right. Hemingway yeah. is just a, a master at, at these at these things. At the, you know, implanting these, these little literary devices that you wouldn't notice. But they add so much depth and beauty to the story. No, you're right. That's yeah. really interesting. So, so what do you, uh, I have a couple yeah. questions then. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, thinking about this as an allegory of success. Um, yeah. And, and I'm coming at kind of, kind of at like a more like like a monetary success kind of thing. Like okay. like if if in this if in my example the the fish is like like as. as Instead of uh, a fisherman and a fish, it's it's uh, maybe maybe a guy that goes out and and starts a company and, and be, like he's an entrepreneur and he becomes uh, like super duper rich. Um, how it's it's have you have you ever noticed how often like uh, so many people achieve success and then uh-huh. commit suicide? You know, it's like, it's like, oh man, well, I've achieved everything there is to achieve and it's not what I expected. And so I'm just wondering how, how, how does the old man survive it? Does it have something to do with the fact that like, like what would have happened if he, uh, and this might be a separate question. It might be the same question. I'm not sure, but what would have happened if he, um, if, if the fish didn't get eaten by the sharks? Right, if he if he did actually end up beaching that fish, what would have what would have happened then? Right, what? Well, that's that's the big question, and that's it's that's that's life. How the outside world beats down and destroys what is noble and what is you know good, and and what you right. work for gets destroyed. By the outside world, you know, by other people, 
if you will. And I mean, I guess the point is more in how the sharks eat it and how in life your success is for yourself. Your success is for you proving to yourself that you've done this thing, this and and you have endured and the amount of pain this man suffered for this fish was incredible. Yeah. The, the lines burned his hands and his back and the line and and um yeah, cut several his, times. It, it cut his hands into shreds. And yeah. he went for 3 days almost without sleep. Yeah. Well, interesting. This is a perfect time to bring this up as a literary device. Let's consider what we know about this guy. Who else do we know who was a fisherman? Who has a uh, disciple? Who has a disciple who <laughs> has wounds on his head, hands, and back, and Whoa. who carries his own mast, a, 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 a cross? Who, um, who else do we know who has been three days? What? Mm-hmm. Who else? What? Who How else? did I not see that? Who else? <laughs> I mean, it's quite obviously a parallel for Jesus. Wow. Is there a level, though, where Hemingway might be making this character like Jesus, but is there, at some point, perhaps he's making it a representation for himself and for people in general? And I don't know. I think if I were that fisherman, there would be a very high likelihood of I would end up like committing suicide after this because I spent so much time and so much effort and I won. I succeeded. And then, well, the sharks come along and the sharks are what defeat me. I don't think there's, he finds it. I felt as if there was a level where the sharks ruined everything and made it so that luck didn't matter. There, he felt like he had traded all this work for nothing. Right, yeah. but what was the reason that he went out there to catch the fish in the first place? What? It wasn't just himself that he had to prove it to. He was. He was also catching this fish because he loved the boy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, an important thing to to keep in mind there. I don't You're know right. about that. No, I, I really don't think that there's any... Because the boy was always his friend. The boy kept him alive. And he had he, his life was not based on the... Here, listen to this passage right here. Um, no, the man, old man said, You're with a lucky boat. Stay with them. But remember how you went 87 days without a fish, and then we caught big ones every day for three weeks. I remember, the old man said. I know you did not leave me because you doubted. It was Papa made me leave. I'm a boy, and I must obey him. I know, the old man said. It is quite normal. See, you see, he wasn't he wasn't despaired, and, and he didn't go catch the fish because he wanted to fish again with the boy. Hmm. The, 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 the boy was, was always there for him and taking care of him, except... When he went out on the boat, and interestingly, it's 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 Hemingway saying that when we're ultimately have to do it on our own, he was always wishing, "Oh, I wish I had the boy with me. I wish the boy were here to to right. to help me to help me." But we can't. We 
are we have to we have to our lives we are accountable to our own self we have to we have to we have to catch our own fish nobody can help us because the fish which was a part of himself in a way we are we are are, we're up against ourselves we are we are wrestling with ourselves the true point is our we are we are trying to kill our own brothers you know we're wrestling with ourselves we are trying to become the person we want to be the noble strong um person who will not be defeated who will not be broken by any circumstances in life no matter how hard it is we're wrestling with ourselves the fish that's always swimming away from us and nobody else can fight that fight for us we fight that fight for ourselves interesting so is and, it a messianic allegory or or not? Because well, here's the thing about messian like the the never like, perfect. right exactly. A Christ figure in literature is not an allegory of Jesus per se as as a as God. Oh. What it does is if 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 you notice that a protagonist shows Christ symbols like Christ like wounds right. being a um some disciples maybe it's telling you that this story echoes back to the greatest story of suffering of all time which is jesus dying on the cross Uh and it's just sort of throwing all of that weight timelessness impact and adding it to the story that already is there it's a very small element that just adds this tremendous dignity to the narrative and it, it just kind of reminds us that hey this is a story that has happened before this is a story that will happen again this is a human story and it's outside of time in a way it's not necessarily saying i'm not telling you santiago's jesus he's not right. he's a fisherman who he, he's a fisherman who's obsessed with with dimaggio for goodness sakes <laughs> i mean He's human and he's not Jesus, but he's the the suffering and the dignity that comes with Jesus's passion narrative is right. there's kind of a head nod being made here. So gotcha. it's, it's not and it, and it's also kind of a maybe adding a little bit of the redemption aspect that through his pain and he did this thing and it was kind of a purifying experience for this character. If, if you understand what I mean. Right. Okay, so I... Th- th- this is great. This is amazing. I think this is one of my favorite episodes so far. I have three main questions. Uh, some of right. them are your, your questions that you put up as discussion questions, and um, a couple are just mine. So, um, one is... Uh, and, and I kind of already touched on this. I'm not sure if you answered it already. Um, what... Wait, what? Okay, so uh, Santiago achieved success, and the sharks devoured it. Um, what? <sighs> I, I suppose what I'm trying to ask is, and I talked about this this earlier with the suicide example. How do you get to success and not feel? And and not despair, right? Well, does the man despair? That's another question. Right, that exactly. I have. Why 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 does he survive this encounter? 
I, I don't know. I mean, is there a level where um, it's Hemingway describing himself and he just hasn't, when he wrote this, hasn't come to the point where Hemingway does end up committing suicide? Right. But Hemingway might, well, at this point, have not been ready to commit suicide. So Santiago isn't quite at that level where he's committed suicide yet. But, well, I mean, here, yeah. How many times can you go out and try to get a fish and bring it back and it be gone by the time you get back? You can only take I have an answer. Yeah. So long. I have an answer for your question, and it's probably okay. not the one that you're expecting. One oh, word: okay. lions. 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 Okay. So the man, the old man, is always dreaming about these lions. And he even asks when he's in this deep conflict with the fish, why are the lions the main thing that is left? And here, let, let, me, let me read this, this, this passage for you. He no longer dreamed of storms, nor of women, nor of great occurrences, nor of great fish, nor fights, nor contests of strength, nor of his wife. He only dreamed of places now and of the lions on the beach. They played like young cats in the dusk, and he loved them as he loved the boy. Okay. So, what do these lions mean? And he, he dreams about them again when he's on, when he's on, when he's sleeping, and the fish is about to, to, to launch into kind of like the death battle on the end of the third day. And then at the very end, so, so, so he's this, this old man, life is pretty much over for him. Right. He's, he's defeated in the eyes of the world. So, you know, he hasn't caught a fish in forever. Uh-huh. But there's still a lot of fight left in him. And so why the, why the lions? What is it about these lions exactly? Why? Huh. Do the well, lions? Let's, yeah. I mean- I don't know. I mean, because he's an old man that really doesn't have a family. So, I, do the lions represent like the next generation of 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 like like just others that will try to do the same thing? I I don't know because what I, what I would say. Well, what are what are some characteristics that we think of when we think of lions? Lions and uh, lions. They have big manes. They roar. Um, well, they they are they are they're. they're kingly they are courageous oh, they are king of the noble. yes yeah. they are they're they're noble and they are enduring and then listen to how the not how the novel ends and you should always pay very very close attention to the last paragraph of any work of fiction because that's when you pack your points in okay right. up the road in his shack the old man was sleeping again he was still sleeping on his face and the boy was sitting by him watching him the old man was dreaming about the lions. So even after this whole ordeal, after the the fish was eaten down to a bone and he gave the head of the fish to make fish traps with, he's still dreaming about these lions. Right. Even after everything, he's still can... Yeah? um, I was wondering, I mean, is there a level maybe the lions represent... I mean, it's obviously clear this guy isn't simply always been a fisherman. He obviously went to Africa and stuff. So is there possibly, like, a chance that these lions aren't really lions? They represent, like, 
his colleagues from back in like when he was younger who have at this point like died. I mean, the Lions are described as like young and like playing almost in like a yeah, fighting, but yeah. playing and like struggling. So like they're like the young people he knew when he was younger who fought alongside him and at this point have like died and passed on. Well, maybe they, maybe they are. They have died and passed on, and he will too. But it's something that's still alive in him. And well, that, right. Right, right. And, and but the lions only exist in his dreams. They're no longer, like, they're not there with him. They're, he's isolated, and, like, his dearest friends are, like, this boy who's almost like his son, and these lions who are only memories. That's true. That they, they are, are like memories. nearly memories, and like a single boy are all he has left. I mean, it's a very broken down character you have here. Um, definitely. Like, I mean, you can. I don't think this would narrowly appear appeal to many people in our current day and age. But I think there's a level where he wrote to the generation that fought in World War One who went off, fought in a war, and so many of their friends were gone and dead for mm. well, almost a pointless cause. I mean, what, what did World War One accomplish? Because, like, if you can tell me what it's accomplished, I never quite picked that part up in the history books. No, it didn't accomplish much of anything. That was kind of the point. It it accomplished well. Uh, world War One and World War Two together accomplished the uh, effective killing of the. Uh, Man, we're so great, you know. Humanity, we can, we can, we can do anything. And then, uh, what we can kill right, each other? Oh, was, oh, that's that's what we do with our great technology. It just it killed some optimism, it, made people a little yeah, bit more realistic. But yeah, it, um, we can talk it, about that more if we if we do an episode like on on something like All Quiet on the Western Front. Right. Isabel, do you agree with Aiden? What what are the lions here? Well, I don't know because there is so much that you can gain from reading a novel, being informed of the context within which the author wrote. But when you're like interpreting the the, the book itself, I always just kind of like to put it all a little bit further out in my kind of circle of an, in, of of and always just stick with the text first and see what the text has to say. And then, then see where the history leads from from there. Because right. I still think there's hope for Santiago. I don't think he was broken. Because what, remember, what did he say? A man can be broken but not defeated. And right. he was beaten. He was not defeated. He said he uses the term beaten. He said they beat me, Manolin. Manolin is the boy. They truly beat me. And the fish didn't beat him. It was the sharks that beat him. And no, not even the sharks. He said, what beat, what beat you, old man? And he said, nothing. I went out too far. And so, it, was he crushed? Was he beyond all hope in this world of ever functioning again? Was he beaten? And I don't think so. I think that's what the lions mean for this character, is that there's right. something, whether, no matter what the lions ultimately represent, Right. But they were from his past. They were from his youth. They, they, they gave him strength and courage in moments just before he started fighting. They, so, the, I think that the fact that he dreams about them at the end is something that, that 
kind of leaves us hope that that he's still fighting. There's still strength for him to fight because whenever the lions show up, it's just before he's about to fight. Bef- he dreams about them first before he goes out to sea in the first place, and secondly, when he um, wakes up when the fish puts up its its dying charge. So when I when I see that the lions are in the very last sentence of the book he's dreaming about the lions again I just think that okay okay he was he was beaten pretty badly but it's not over his life is not over the the boy will take care of him he has something to live for What do you guys think about this I think it's I think you're definitely right I think you're definitely right that the story does imply that he isn't defeated yet. Though, I mean, I question how far it... If you look at, like, this, how the story looks, it almost seems like it's less, of course, the boy coming alongside, and the boy specifically says, like, I will join you, I will help. But if the boy hadn't, like, thrown away his position on the other ship and, like, said he was going to help this old man, Santiago... I don't feel as if the guy could have gone on much longer. I think mm, that there was right. a level where he was coming too close to as far as he could go. Well, and that that's true. And he said he went out too far. Right. He, he went, went further than he'd ever that's gone what, before. That's what beat him is that he went out too far. And that's interesting because what does that say about life? You know, if, if what beats you is going out too far. So yeah, there's a level at which humans can only do so much. And right. The, yeah. We, we, and I think this is definitely more of that time period. There was this level at which they were, there was this opinion that like humanity can only succeed so much. And then we destroy ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a truth that is heavily not held in much esteem anymore. We kind of, too much to our abilities and think that we can do anything. Right. I mean, we prefer the hero who can take on the gods. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there is a level where humanity, when it tries to fight against fate, is doomed to fail. <laughs> but then like there are the heroes in <laughs> literature who can defeat fate. So, right. I mean... Is there, is this like a book that like tries to tell you, be careful how far you hope, because well, if you go out too far, you will come back heavily I don't know. wounded. Well, here Perhaps not I defeated, want. But. If I can commit the unforgivable sin of um, dragging a second work into this. <laughs> this, all right, all right. Yes, this, please this, do. This okay. Let's. Uh, we we should probably okay. start thinking about wrapping it up after this. No, th- this poem by Rudyard Kipling, which always kind of reminded me of this book. It's called If, and it basically lists all the things that a man should should be. 
how a man, sh- if you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat these two imposters just the same. And it goes on and on listing all of these impossible ideals that a, a man should be and how he should, um, you know, see the things he gave his life to broken and stoop and pick them up with worn out tools. And at the end of the day, still not lose hope and still keep this completely insanely high amount of integrity and courage and just dauntlessness and, and I still think the, dream of lions and still dream of lions and i think that the for me what makes this book so comp- so powerful and compelling why it's on my list of top 20 is because this man just endures and he takes this whole thing and he he's the kind of man who steps on stingrays and and doesn't think much about it and um that the character of this man is for me at the center of of the story and and just exactly what life throws at you and does to you and how he just takes it in in stride basically you know yeah like he mm-hmm. he 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 never really breaks substantially. He doesn't break ir- irreparably. So I suppose He's, what you're trying to say is that it's a happy ending, not necessarily a despairing one. Not necessarily a happy ending, but Wait, but not a bad ending. It's a hopeful. Not a ending. bad ending. It's 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 a grim ending, but yes. it's it's a but noble there's also ending. hope. Yes. There's hope, there and it's, hope. there is just this tremendous power and just this nobility that this man has. And listen to, like, and how the world does not value the the nobility and dignity that this that this powerful but kind of primitive and in a way, you know, this very simple act of catching a fish. Um, Um, That afternoon, there was a party of tourists at the terrace, and looking down in the water among the empty beer cans and dead barracudas, a woman saw a great long white spine with a huge tail at the end that lifted and swung with the tide while the east wind blew a heavy, steady sea outside the entrance to the harbor. What's that? She asked a waiter and pointed to the long backbone of the fish that was just now garbage waiting to go out with the tide. Tiburon, the waiter said. A shark. He was meaning to explain what had happened. I didn't know that sharks had such handsome, beautifully formed tails. I didn't either, her male companion said. See, <laughs> everything that he gave his life to turned out to just be garbage. But, and the, that's what the, that's all these people see is just a piece of garbage. The, all of the sophisticated, elegant people, you know. But, mm-hmm. The power of the simple life and the 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 the, the, no, the nobility that that kind of like the the primal primal man and I, I guess that's I, I haven't read much Hemingway out, outside of this but that era just really glorified the the simple simple people and just who who have. Just simple needs to to do something great, you know. 
not necessarily Definitely. in the eyes of the world, but to, to prove it to themselves, you know? Yeah. Thank right. you. So, um, I was, I was reading, I was reading through that poem by Rudyard Kipling. Um, it, would it, uh, would it, would it be okay if we, if we maybe did some final thoughts and then I'll, uh, I'll read that poem to close out the episode. Sounds good. Sure. Aiden, did you have anything else, sir, Isabella, or can we start that? Go on ahead. All right, sweet. All right, so if... If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it all in one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. So, go fishing, don't go out too far, and dream of lions. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Bye.